Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, the 17th of November, 2020. And today it's going to be a good chance for us to follow up on some things that we learned this last Sunday at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, as Pastor Charlie Matz opened up the end of James chapter 1 for us, which reminds us that we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Charlie filling in uh, for me kind of in an unplanned way on Sunday. But I want us to think about that passage, think about the words that he shared on how we handle God's word, and really make sure that we're not forgetting about that now just a couple days later. And I want us to think about that as we look at Ezekiel chapter 20. Ezekiel chapter 20. So just one chapter in the book of Ezekiel today where some of the elders of Israel come to uh, seek some counsel, seek some words from Ezekiel, and he ends up giving them a history lesson. And that's what you see here in Ezekiel 20. It's a very sweeping lesson of history. But as I was reading this, I couldn't help but think of what we heard from James chapter 1 on Sunday about this warning that we must be doers of the word and not only hearers. Because I think we're looking here at the nation of Israel, uh, people that they knew the word, but they were not doers. And what we see here, even the, the heading there in the English Standard Version, entitles the beginning of this chapter, Israel's Continuing Rebellion. And it describes it even going all the way back to Egypt. And then pretty immediately as they come out of Egypt, and we see a couple times there in verse 8, it says, Then I would pour out my wrath upon them and spend my anger upon them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they lived. And then it says something very, very similar down in the middle of verse 13. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them in the wilderness to make a full end of them. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations. And if we remember, I think very specifically, those are referring back to moments like the golden calf, right? Where even though God had proven his supremacy to them with the 10 plagues, with the parting of the Red Sea, with all the other ways that he had provided for them, they still turn to idols. And if you remember, as Moses comes down and discovers what's going on, God says, hey, I'm going to wipe them out and I'm going to start over with you. And Moses says, no, God, don't, don't do this. What will the Egyptians think? It's kind of what Moses says. What will the Egyptians think? You know, They'll say, you just brought the people out here to be slaughtered. In the wilderness, and that then God, your name will be dishonored, and God does not wipe them out. And a very similar thing with the with the twelve spies, as only Joshua and Caleb uh, trust God and encourage the people to do so. Really, it says that the people actually they were ready to turn around and go back to Egypt, and God says in that moment, "I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe them all out." And again, Moses pleads with them. And both these times we see God, the reasoning is, I'm not going to wipe them out because of what people would say. You know, people would say, God, you brought this people out to kill them. And God's saying, no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not going to profane my name in that way. Um, 
And so that's why he didn't do those things. And we see glimpses of that. We see kind of this rich biblical history here in Ezekiel chapter 20. Uh, And I hope if you've been reading through the Bible with us, more and more of this, I hope, is becoming familiar. But what's sad is just the repeated rebellion. That even though God was merciful, even though God provided in big ways, even though God did great things, and even though there were some tastes of judgment, right? God did not wipe out the Israelites, the nation of Israel, at that episode with the 12 spies. But all the adults at that time did end up dying before they went into the promised land. So there was judgment. But God also proved himself to be faithful. But time and time again, the Israelites turned away from what they knew to follow their own desires, to follow after idols, and all of these other things. And that's where I couldn't help but think about James chapter 1 as we read this passage, just thinking of the danger for us showing up at church Sunday after Sunday. Even, you know, you might, if you feel some pride, hey, I go to a church where they teach the Bible. Well, What good does that do us if we're not willing to listen to the Bible? What good does it do us to listen to a podcast like this, to hear God's word taught, to read it for yourself, if we're just going to continually refuse to do what it says? And so I think today is a good opportunity for us to check our own hearts when it comes to Scripture. And I'm even reminded of the first few verses that Pastor Charlie taught on from James, where it talks about us um, being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, and with meekness receiving the word, really describes a very humble approach. Here we are on a Tuesday. I just want to encourage you to spend some time praying and asking God that you would approach the word with humility. That every day when you open up God's word for yourself or any time you open up a book written by uh, somebody that studied God's word or you listen to a podcast like this or you go to church and you listen to a sermon that every time you would come with an attitude that says, God, I need your help and I need to learn and I need to grow. And then hopefully we see the fruit of that in our lives. And I would just, again, encourage you, make sure that the word is never just something that's just going in one ear, out the other ear. Um, And that you're always hopefully leaving with, no, these are some things that I want to make sure I apply from God's word. I don't want to go through this cycle that I see the Israelites going through here in Ezekiel 20. I don't want to be the kind of person from James 1 that hears the word but doesn't do it. And one thing I would encourage you to do is just make sure every day even that there's some things that you have consumed from God's word that you are really praying about and even some action points to follow up on. Uh, That's something just in my own personal times with the Lord. I love to just go from what I'm reading and then into a time of prayer and starting that time of prayer by responding to what I have read. And I'd encourage you to make sure you have some prayerful time every day responding to what you heard in God's word so that we can come humbly and then respond rightly and not respond like the rebellious Israelites that we, res- that we see here, um, but that we would respond as doers of the word. 
we do see towards the end of this chapter, uh, so far it's been mostly judgment in Ezekiel, but we do get a glimpse of God speaking of a day when the house of Israel shall serve him in the land. And we're going to get more of that later for sure in Ezekiel, but we just get a little taste of it today. One other passage that we read today also made me think of what we learned from James chapter 1 this Sunday, and that is Psalm 129, Psalm 129. And in some ways, this is um, a somewhat imprecatory psalm, a a psalm that um, really he's praying against someone. Clearly, he's been persecuted or the nation has been persecuted. It talks about how greatly they have been afflicted in verse one and two, even there's that repetition again. Let Israel now say, greatly have they been afflicted, just reflecting on all the ways that they have suffered. But it comes back to verse four, the Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. And then it goes into this prayer. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backward. Let them be like grass on the housetops, which withers before it grows up, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor the binder of sheaves his arms. Nor do those who pass by say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Um, So there, it really turns into a prayer against these people who hate Zion Another word kind of for Jerusalem or maybe even symbolic of broader of Israel, Um, but it turns into a prayer. And that reminded me of what we saw there in James chapter one of that the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And I think that's just a good reminder for us that there are going to be things we see in this world where it is legitimately evil people doing evil things. And sometimes it's even going to be evil people doing evil things against us and against God's people. And in those situations, if we just get angry and frustrated in our flesh, we're not going to achieve the righteousness of God. We're not going to respond rightly. And that's where I think Psalm 129 can be a good example uh, to us of what our response should be, of even going to God in prayer and even trusting the justice of God in our prayers, that he will correct the evildoers. And I think we get some of that in Psalm 129 today. We see a different sense of things as we look at another entire book of the Bible today in 3 John. 3 John, which uh, the Apostle John writes to his beloved Gaius. We don't know much about who that is or why Paul is, is writing to them, but we see some encouragement, right? Paul's saying, I, or John is saying, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. What a great way we should pray for our friends. Sure, let's pray for our health, but also praying that it is going well with their soul. And what we see there in verse four, we have this great joy when we see people walking in the truth. And here, John even says, my children, which may be leads us to believe maybe he had led Gaius to the Lord. Um, And he sees this person now walking in the truth. I hope that's something we all get the joy of experiencing, seeing someone that has come to Christ that is now walking in the truth. And he encourages him, uh, this man Gaius, that he is encouraging others, even though they're strangers, he has this love, he says, that where he's sending people on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. 
Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. And so he, this man Gaius, is supporting others that apparently are seeking to do ministry. And maybe that's just one very practical takeaway from reading this morning. Maybe you know someone that is seeking to serve the Lord in some way. Maybe it's someone even in a part of your local church, or maybe it's someone in a church elsewhere, or someone on the mission field. Maybe today's just a good day to do something to support something like that, even to encourage them in some way. Because we see, we know not everyone is being faithful, and that's what the rest of uh, some of these verses are about. It talks about Diotrephes, who's not a good example. Um, but we see that Gaius is trying to support people that are doing the work, uh, that are being faithful. So uh, good encouragement for us to, to follow in that example today. Finally, we wrap up John chapter 9 today. The story of Jesus and the healing of this man that was born blind. And we see a final confrontation between this blind man and the Pharisees. And he ends up getting cast out, apparently, of the synagogue. And what stood out to me, even as we just went over this recently in our study at Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, was how even though this man is cast out by society and by the religious elites, yeah, Jesus seeks him out and finds him. And I think that's just such an amazing testimony of the reality that it is much better to be accepted by Christ and rejected by the world than to try to seek acceptance from the world and to be rejected by Christ. And Christ comes and he finds this man and says, do you believe in the son of man? And the blind, the formerly blind man answers, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you. Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may become blind. And that's really now where it gets back into the Pharisees. But even just that response where Jesus says, it's me, right? God, he clearly reveals his identity to this man. And this man responds with belief and worship. And it's such a sweet picture, such a sweet moment. And may that be an encouragement to us that no matter what goes on in the world, no, no matter what the future looks like for Christians, it, it is, will always be better to be with Christ and to be worshiping him, even if that means rejection from the world, than to be uh, accepted by the world, but rejected by Christ. And so may we look to Christ, may we come humbly to him, and I hope that we are not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Mm -hmm.